Hello everyone and welcome to the Radford Diamond podcast. My name is Avi Kravitz. I'm the news editor and senior analyst at, at um, Rappaport. And um, it's good to be back in the in the virtual studio. Um, let's say I think this is our first real team uh, virtual podcast that we're doing. And, and so with me today, we have our publisher, John Costello. Hi, John. Hi, Avi. How are you? I'm well. I'm well. How are you? How are you holding up in lockdown? Well, I haven't gone insane as of yet, so uh, we'll see if that remains until tomorrow. Right, it's the levels of insanity. That's that's what we're learning in this uh, in this experience. I think. Um, also joining us is um, Sonia Esther Sultani. Hi, Sonia, our um, editor in chief of the of the magazine. How are you doing, Sonia? Oh, I'm loving it. Hi, <laughs> Avi. It's been great. <laughs> is it seven weeks? Eight weeks? 12 weeks, I don't know, I've lost count. <laughs> Forget the weeks, I'm, I'm wondering what day it is. I think that's the that's the big challenge, <laughs> is, is understanding <laughs> when our deadlines is, when our deadlines are, and uh, if we're on that day yet. Um, so good to have you and, and speak to you again to, um, on the podcast. And um, Joshua Friedman, our senior news reporter, is also joining us today. Um, hi, Joshua, how are you? Hi, Avi, very well, thanks. How are you doing? I'm doing good, thanks. Um, are you uh, are you keeping you're keeping busy in uh, in this uh, in these unusual circumstances? Uh, yeah, it's it's unusual, but uh, plowing along. I guess um, we can spend a few minutes just um, discussing how this experience has been for us. So we we were quite um, quite early in um, in sort sort of withdrawing from the office and and working from home, and it's been a, a fairly um, I think a, a fairly seamless. Um, transition for us. John, how, how did you approach um, moving the team to uh, to working remotely and um, and wh- what's the experience been for um, for our team um, overseeing the um, the lockdown period? Look, I think we're very lucky that we work in a segment that we can work whether we're in the office, whether we're at home. It's really if we have a keyboard and an internet connection, we can work from anywhere. So the transition as a, by the team to working remotely has been very successful. Again, because we're producing content, whether it's podcasts or news articles, the magazine, etc., it's very transparent how, how people are working. So, um, so yeah, I think we've we've pivoted very well. Um, it's still uh, still not ideal not being able to sit down and talk with people and have that casual interaction rather than these kind of formal set meetings or zoom meetings but i think overall i i think it's been a successful move for us but again we're kind of in a unique position um we're not a jewelry store we're not a diamond dealer um we produce content both written and uh, audio and uh I, I i think the transition has been a very positive one for us so far yeah, and no, I, I agree, and but I, but I do miss the um, sort of energy of the of our little newsroom. Um, it's it's one thing that I that I, I never really thought of um, too much before um, before this period. But uh, having that interaction from a news point of view and discussing the um, the um, what's happening during the day, just on an informal le- level, has um, I do miss that. And one one of the things that you you mentioned at the beginning, John, was the the key to this is is um, is communication and increasing our communication within the group. Um, I'm wondering um, wh- while you've been at home, have there been any sort of 
amusing experiences that uh, that have been unique to to this period for you? I I, I think um, it's strange. My wife mentioned to me how um, we used to laugh at um, people in China and Hong Kong with their face masks, and if you see if you see people over here um, of of age, Asian descent, they would have masks on and we, we'd find it very strange. And suddenly we're all wearing masks and we're not even uh, blinking an eyelid now. So uh, the funny part is how adaptable we are. Do you know what I mean? There's a whole new situation. Um, how quickly we can go from not shaking hands or shaking hands to not shaking hands. Now we're like uh, clicking shoulders or whatever it's called. And uh, in Israel at the moment, uh, you're obliged to wear a face mask when you leave the, the, the house. So, yeah, it's, the funny thing is how quickly we pivot to new normals. And um, that's kind of been uh, an eye opener. But it just shows you the resilience of, of the human mentality that we can adapt to new situations and, and hopefully thrive as well. Yeah, absolutely. I, I remember when when I was um, at the beginning of this um, period when we were still traveling into work. I was on the train, and there was one one guy with a face mask on, and you could you could sense his awkwardness that, that he felt. And I, I felt, well, you you you're kind of um, you know uh, good for you. And it just looks so strange, but now how quickly it's become kind of the norm. Um, um, so, Sonia, you, you have a, um, a family at home there, and, and uh, a, a daughter who's less than one, <laughs> less than one year, year old. Um, how's it been, sort of um, coping with parenting and working at the same time? I have to say, it's been the, the most challenging time. I think um, it's been also wonderful to see her and to 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 have so much time with her. So there's. You know, I'm very grateful actually for for that time that, that came out of this uh, this terrible virus that we actually spend more time as a family. But something funny about working from home, especially if you know when you have a partner, and I don't use my headphones, so every time we have a news meeting on Zoom on Skype, my husband overhears or you know everything we say. So I think it was week six into the lockdown. One morning he, he woke up and he told me, "Wow, I had the funniest dream. It's just so weird." There was nothing apart from this sound saying the beers, the beers, the beers, the beers, the beers. He said out of nowhere. <laughs> so, so yeah, he must have heard that name of that specific company a few times in our news meeting. And that's <laughs> well, I'm sure it took a lot of analysis into into what that means for 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 him and for the marriage, and uh, and maybe <laughs> gets a taste of uh, of our our daily experience that. Um, I know, Joshua, you, you, you often have come into the office um, saying you dreamt of El Rosa last night or, or you, you've had these sort of experiences. But um, yeah. um, have, you, have, you, have those continued in this period? Um, maybe uh, no, no significant change, no significant change. But um, uh, there was, I mean, there, there, is a, there is a risk with something like this that it's, um, it becomes more all-encompassing when you're working from home. But um, uh, I think I've actually been pleasantly surprised at uh, our ability to to, um, to keep on a normal life um, despite uh, despite having my office in our apartment instead of uh, instead of going into work mm. and um, one of the things of one of the aspects of, of what we do is that um, uh, th- that there's always news to write, you know, unless it's um, really the silly season or, um, you know, people often ask me, have I been busy in this period? And, and I think we've, from a news um, and uh, 
an industry coverage point of view, <clears throat> we've been very busy. And um, it's actually been quite a challenge, I think, to, to, cover, to cover everything um, in how the industry has been affected by this, um, the coronavirus and, and, and um, this, uh, the economic implications of the crisis for the industry. Um, Joshua, have, how's the coverage been for you? Have there been any, any sort of specific stories that have stood out for you um, uh, in our coverage yeah. in the last two months? Yeah, as you say, it's been nonstop. Um, I mean, at, at probably more than 99%, if not every story we write at the moment has got some, um, is in some way influenced by what's going on with the coronavirus. Um, uh, we've obviously been covering um, trading centers shutting down, uh, uh, trading figures uh, declining significantly. And now at the moment in, in early May, um, trading centers and trading starting to open up again. Um, but I, I think for me, the, um, the, the one of the more interesting trends has been how the trade has been um, trying to ensure that this doesn't turn into a full year crisis for the for the industry um, even if um, markets start opening up soon uh, there there was a danger that um, this would leave a, 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 a real mark on on the the, the trades inventory situation um, and and therefore diamond prices that there'll be a massive massive um, oversupply of, um, of of rough and polished diamonds uh, which obviously caused a major um, a major crisis last year. Um, and this could be even worse. So the the trade has been putting a lot of efforts into um, trying to um, firstly mining companies are ensuring that um, that they're not producing and supplying too much rough for the market. Uh, the trading and manufacturing uh, sector is um, trying to limit uh, imports of rough and trying to ensure that uh, doesn't bring too many diamonds uh, into the industry. We've we've seen that India has been calling for its manufacturers to um, to to avoid buying rough diamonds for a month from mid May. Um, uh, so it's um I think that's really the 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 interesting trend for me is is what the what the trade is doing to ensure that this is just a coronavirus crisis and not a not a full year uh, industry collapse. Mm, well, uh, the the, the industry has sort of been forced to focus on supply um in in um in managing the crisis because the demand side of the of the market has been so depressed or, or basically shut down. Um, you know that uh, the retail is um, is essentially has been essentially closed for the last um, month or two. Um, move, first in China and then um, and then in in, U, in the US and, and European markets. So uh, it has been interest it has been interesting to see how the supply side has um, re- reacted to that um, that drop drop off in demand. Um, and I guess moving forward, as we move, as the, the as business starts to to come back again, then we'll see more of a focus on how the industry can improve um, uh, things um, from a consumer spending side. How it can capture some of that discretionary spending that um, that we expect and and hope will 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 come back. Um, Sonia, what have you what have you seen in terms of? Um, I mean, we've we've now published two uh, two editions of the Rapport magazine um, remotely, and um, w- what has sort of been the the approach that uh, that you've um, taken in um, in our outlines for the magazine and in our coverage of the coronavirus? So, what we've tried to do is first to look at what's happening in the market across the different sectors, so the manufacturers, retailers, um, PRs, um, auction houses. 
designers and um and it seems like the the key theme from um from especially from uh, for retailers and uh, designers has been the the pivoting to digital if they hadn't done it before you know they didn't face that they didn't go they they haven't been able to to already to to go through the the crisis as well as others and it seems like it's been just a, a mantra everybody has spoke to um consultants um designers retailers special um people who actually help retail uh, designers get into retailers they all said you know digital 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 so and um the last article we published a big cover story we have um that's coming up in a in a may issue that's out this week it's um we saw that the auction houses have done very well uh, christies and sotheby's in their online sales uh they didn't have the magnificent jewels auctions um that they should have had in uh earlier in Geneva and in New York, but what they sold online has been, you know, they had some records, they had really excellent results. Um, I would like to put relatively because obviously the pieces, uh, the jewels they, they sell online don't have the, the same high value as some of the magnificent jewels they would sell, but still the, the results have been there. So it seems like uh, if you had a good online uh, platform, online strategy, um, online resources before the the virus came in you you were more able to to withstand the the crisis mm. i mean it tells us um i think a, a few things that um one is that there's still an appetite for for jewelry and for diamonds and um and and for for beautiful accessories um and and so consumers are are looking for for the um for for jewelry pieces even in this um Or, or maybe even especially in this um, in this period, um, and the other is that um, is is that if if you if if a company isn't online by now or, or doesn't believe that this um, sort of digital revolution that's taken place over the last 10 years um, was not going to affect the jewelry industry, um, this has certainly been a wake up call for for anyone who's not on you know social media platforms is not um, actively engaging with consumers online. Um, and has a, a, a an effective online sales platform that they can um, that they can that they can use and engage with cus customers. Absolutely, and I think our our take in all the articles we've uh, published in the magazine is not about doom and gloom because we know it's been in a terrible in terms of uh, the human losses and uh, the loss of the loss of. Um, income for people and, you know, all the uncertainties, the big retailers, the malls, uh, well, you name it really, but we try to take more um, a positive, constructive approach of how can you go through the crisis? How can you um, amend, change, evolve, make sure that, you know, you'll be, you'll be, you'll see the light out, you know, at the end of the tunnel and you'll be able to, to carry on your business. So that's, that has been our, our approach really try to be as helpful as we could with, with interviews of, uh, Of people across the field, from uh, from PRs to designers to consultants to um, to retailers and manufacturers. Mm, I'm, I'm sure uh, I'm sure that's appreciated. I think I think our readers um, are looking for that sort of guidance, um, and it's very easy to to get sort of lost in the in the negative stories that are out there. That um, you know this company is is closing or following um, workers and uh, all these sort of Difficult and challenge, challenge, uh, challenging aspects of the of the of the crisis, um, 
And so I think people are looking for for that guidance um, in their in their news coverage. Um, John, what, John, what sort of trends or, or, or stories have stood out for you um, that uh, that readers can uh, that our readers might um, might, might uh, take away from from this period? Look, I'm not, I'm not sure whether there are any discernible trends at the moment. I, I, I think one thing. Um, for sure was how much of a shock it was to our industry. Um, I, I know that Pandora, for example, we had a, a story on them this week on, on diamonds.net and they actually uh, swung into action in uh, January uh, once the virus started gaining a foothold in China. So they started uh, their kind of planning and, and how they would survive this crisis and um, <clears throat> they put into uh, gear kind of a strategy that they feel will best guide them through. But apart from companies like uh, Pandora and another handful, uh, I think the industry at large was kind of caught um, a little bit unawares. And I think very much like the corona is most uh, threatening to people with underlying ailments and conditions. I, I think the uh, virus has shown that our industry um is has underlying health problems that were you know prevalent uh, before the virus, but the the, the lockdown has really um, magnified that effect, and I think uh, I do believe will come out much much stronger. I think the industry as a whole. You mentioned it, Abby, in terms of embracing digital technology. The industry as a whole is going to be catapulted. Um, decades ahead of where it is now in terms of um, its uh, digital capabilities. And as an industry, we have to realize that um, things are, have fundamentally changed. Um, we're, not, we're not going to and cannot go back to the way things were. Um, and we have to be prepared that if this uh, virus re- rears its head in, um, in another pandemic type of way this winter, or if another viral infection uh, is unleashed upon the world in the coming years, we as an industry can't roll over and play dead. We have to be able to do business. We have to be able to engage with our customers and with our suppliers. So we need to find out how we can do that. And each business needs to look at how they can perform optimally uh, under these types of circumstances. And, and it's not easy and you can't perform perform the exact same way. Um, I think uh, I do think, though, that companies can learn lessons and, and look at kind of uh, how their business operates and, and the changes they need to make to try to reduce the impact of these events, which and I, I think we need to learn that this isn't going to be a one-off thing. Um, please, God, that it will be a long way off before something like this happens again. But I do think we're entering an era because of um, global travel um, and the global nature of our lives that uh, we have to be uh, resilient to uh, things like this happening in the future. Mm. I mean, I'm, I'm wondering, um, you know, to what extent we will, we, we will go back to business as usual. Um, you know, the, obviously, so much as um, the, the pandemic had uh, an immediate impact on 2020. Um, you know, with trade shows being being cancelled and and a rush to do to to trade online, and um, and we're still waiting to see how consumer demand is going to evolve um, from this uh, or emerge from this from this crisis. But I wonder, um, you know, with um, 
how how will what what will be the long lasting um, effects of this uh, of this experience? Will the industry will the industry go back to at some you know focus on trade shows, for example? Um, you know what what, uh, what what do you think, John? Is um, is there a long term you know beyond the the being prepared for for God forbid another another outbreak and, uh, and another similar type of pandemic. Um, what, what's going to change? Um, what are going to be the long lasting effects of this, um, of this uh, coronavirus pandemic? One of, one of my wife's favorite sayings, and it's usually directed towards me, is uh, which in Hebrew means you live in a movie. And translated into to, uh, American English, it's like you live in La La Land. And I remember when shows started postponing, whether it was the Hong Kong show, whether it was JCK and postponing to um, later in the year, I said to myself, uh, they're living in La La Land. And we, we have to understand this. And, you know, I really wish and I hope that, you know, the shows will come back next year. But pinning our hopes on that is is just a fool's errand. I I think... The notion of thousands, uh, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of people gathering in single events, whether it be sporting events, music events, or trade shows, that is unlikely to snap back and be normal in 2021. Um, and I, I think we need to start understanding that whether the shows will go ahead um it's. I, I still think there's a question mark. We need to start preparing them. They may be scaled down a little bit, but I think the appetite um, for people and for nations to allow uh, people to travel freely, uh, to to go to trade shows, uh, you know, I, I think that's going to be curtailed, and I, I don't think it's going to come back in, in 2021 because we're going to see cases of corona in 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 2020 and in 2021. It's not going to magically disappear. Um, by the time a vaccine is not only discovered, but is distributed and uh, given to, to people, that just takes time. And it's not something that can happen in weeks or months. Uh, so by the time we have a vaccine that is widely distributed and the population at large is inoculated against the coronavirus, that, that could be uh, two years and, and maybe even more. Um, so I think as, as businesses, when we're looking at our budgets to where to spend, how we're going to communicate with customers, how we're going to buy goods, how we're going to display goods, just betting our hopes, um, that the shows will be back next year, I, I, I think is, is, is not a good strategy. We need to start thinking beyond. We need, we need to start pushing the envelope and rethinking how we interact and, and how we can make our business work, um, in the absence of the, uh, the the likes of JCK and and Hong Kong and and the way we normally did business and and, and the international travel that went hand in hand with our with our business that has all changed and I think you're going to see great great strides in technology companies uh, within our industry and there's some really really good innovative companies and I think they're going to really lead the way uh, for companies to be able to maximize their business but minimize the risk um, of uh, you know. The fact that shows don't exist, or we can't travel, or or even uh, the threat to staff exposing them to potential uh, viruses. Uh, so I, I I think it's it's really a time for the industry to to 
take a breath um, and really analyze how we can do things in the absence of international travel and, and big trade shows. Right. I mean, Sonia, the um, the trade shows have have, um, have been such a central part of creating community within the within the industry. One of the standout features of the the diamond and jewelry um, trade is the sort of sense of community that one feels when one um, when one goes to these um, these events and um, and just generally when you even walk through you know walk in a in a diamond exchange. And there is this sort of sense of um, of community. Um, how do you see that sort of in evolving um, in the absence of of these sort of central events where we um, where we all uh, meet each other? It's very um, yesterday. Just yesterday, I had another of our contributors emailing me and says, "Sonia, don't you miss touching jewelry?" <laughs> she said, "I can't wait to you know." <laughs> yeah, touching it, feeling it, looking at it. You know, it's a contributor who usually covers all the the haute couture shows. You know, in Milan and Paris, and um, and she she just you know she says she just look for uh, she, she's looking forward to the end of it to be able to to go and actually see the jury because um, and this, and it's the discussions and the exchanges as you said the the community that you have with a uh, with the designers. Um, I mean, you know, Couture, I think Couture is doing a great job at um, fostering and nurturing that community. Even if the show has been cancelled, uh, they launch a podcast, which is excellent with designers. They um, they have newsletters, they have lives on Instagrams. They they try to promote the designers as much as possible, which I think is, is wonderful. And it's, you know, um, that's, that's the only way they can do right now. So I'm a, I'm a bit... Uh, Concerned by by John's pessimistic view, I'm sure I'm, I'm I mean pessimistic or realistic about not having any shows until next year. Um, seems like nobody told Vincenzo and other shows that are supposed to happen in September um, and later. And we go back to the same point: digital. Um, a lot of designers I spoke to, they said they're just going to invest more into uh, showing their pieces uh, with uh, AI with. Uh, the you know as many um, representation as possible of of their jewelry for people who can't sit. Uh, PRs are working on that on these virtual uh, showrooms for for the media for for buyers. So it will be about providing this as close as possible an experience to knowing what the jewelry is about. And I think it's a theme that we we mention a lot of times on this podcast. We mention it in in the magazine. Is storytelling? Is how do you convey your unique story to people who actually don't know you, haven't met you at a show, haven't seen your jewelry in real life, but still might be completely captured by, uh, you, you capture the imagination and a desire for your jewelry. So I think that's, that's where it's going. And uh, I mentioned Instagram Lives, and it's been, it's been an explosion of them. Um, designers have been doing it, trying to, to explain what their creative process is, what they like, what they do. And it might be the the new the new mode of uh, of communicating and sharing. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. one thinks. But I still miss. I miss. I do miss. I do miss not seeing a nice piece of jewelry. And I feel also a bit sorry for all the the bloggers and influencers whose big part of that job is actually to go and to trade shows, to meet jewelry designers, to take pictures on themselves of the jewelry, to create all these beautiful stories that make all of us dream and aspire to to know more about um about the designers so i hope it's it's not going to be as uh, as 
grim as it, it, it can look at the moment. Yeah, I think one thing that we need to be, I think, Sonia, and, and everyone in our industry is to be realistic. Um, and I think um, I think we can say or people are being pessimistic or grim, and I think we, we just have to be realistic. And, and if we look at the, the best example we have at the moment is China. And China has come out of the corona lockdown uh, quicker than anyone else. They were the first country to enter it and, and, and the first country to exit it. Um, and the experience in China from what we're seeing is that the retail stores um, have begun to open. But one thing they found is consumers did not flood the shops. The consumers did not, you know, go out and, and engage and I, I think we have to be prepared for that. So shows, of course, can open the doors in September, October, November, January, whatever. But I, I think the the appetite uh, for people to uh, to uh, em- embrace that is going to be limited. I, I think when lockdown ends, we're not going to see people rushing out to get back to business as normal. And I think that's what we need to prepare for. And I think you're right in, in terms of the whole digital aspect. How do we display our goods? How do we engage with consumers? How do we engage with our, our business partners, our suppliers, etc.? Um, in in uh, in a digital environment? Because we just have to understand that, you know, even if the coronavirus disappears next month, um, which it isn't going to, well, let's imagine it did. I think the the damage to the psyche of, of, of people, that's not going to just suddenly evaporate and people will be a bit tentative about international travel, about going to events um, and about going back to business as normal. And we have to understand that and we have to prepare for it. And as I said, China is a case in point that we're seeing that actually happening before our very eyes at the moment in China. Yeah, and I, I think um, I think you both make a good point in, in that um, that we need to be prepared and uh, and explore all channels um, as uh, as um, things start to or start to start to open up. But also recognizing that that um, return to to business is going to be very gradual, um, and um, and uh, we need to take that into account. Um, but Joshua, you, you you've uh, written a few stories, or you're working on a few stories um, this week about um, the different trading centres that are starting to open up. Um, what what is uh, firstly? Can you give us an update on those uh, on what the the different bourses around the world, diamond exchanges, are doing, um, and uh, how um, how are they approaching this return to 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 business? Right. Well. Um... You're right that they are. That the um, trading centres are, are slowly opening up as of today, uh, May the sixth. Um, most most uh, diamond exchanges around the world are, are closed, um, but um, uh, Antwerp and Israel are opening up soon. Um, but with um, with uh, strict uh, social distancing, um, so uh, limiting um, obviously limiting ga- limiting gatherings, uh, people wearing masks, various various. Um, uh, instructions to um, uh, to prevent the, the virus from spreading. Um, surprising, maybe that actually Antwerp is the first one that's um, that's significantly opened up. They've 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 allowed diamond companies to work as of um, a few days ago, um, and uh, and as of uh, this coming Monday, eleventh uh, of May, uh, they're reopening the trading floor, um, which is um, interesting given that uh, Belgium has one of the worst. Um, virus rate, one of the worst death rates in the world, unfortunately. So um, uh, they're um, perhaps taking quite a risk with that. Um, but there are obviously, obviously economic 
uh, reasons to try and keep uh, try, trying to reopen what is a very important trade for Belgium. The Israel Diamond Exchange is reopening a few services this week, uh, but uh, the trading floor is uh, is still closed. Um, and to our knowledge, the ma- the other major trading centres such as Mumbai, Dubai are um, are still closed until further notice. Um, and uh, obviously, the other places being uh, being um, being New York and possibly the, uh, London, where uh, um, where the, the virus has obviously um, had a big impact there. And 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 of course, then the other aspect is the manuf- the, the the main manufacturing um, centre being uh, in Surat. And I understand that they um, they have allowed um, certain factories to resume. Um, operations um, in, their, in their polishing factories. Yeah, it's been a bit. Um, it's not been such a smooth transition, but they have um, they have allowed a, a limited number of companies to um, uh, to return to manufacturing operations in Surat, which is obviously where more than ninety percent of diamonds in the world are polished. Um, and India has also started exporting to Hong Kong, although that's uh, hit a few obstacles. There've been some some uh, some goods held up. Um, and uh, some complaints about how customs is working. So it's going to take a while for that to, to become normal. Um, and obviously, as, as you've all been saying, this, uh, this is all contingent on, on there being any consumer demand. And given that jewellery is something that we wear um, uh, so that people can see it, um, primarily in, in social situations, um, it will be a, it'll be a while until there's uh, what we call normal um, consumer demand for jewellery. Mm. Looking forward, um, and as as the markets start to very cautiously sort of go back to to work, and uh, there, there is some anticipation for a like a, a pent up demand. Um, you know, maybe the the virus has um, or the, this this collective experience has made us appreciate our relationships um, more, and so people will come out of the uh, come out of quarantine and come out of lockdown. Um, wanting to express their, um, their 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 importance of their relationships and and the diamond is is a, is a perfect product to uh, capitalize on that or, or or that there might be a, um, a you know people wanting to reward themselves for having gone through this um, experience with self purchases of of a of a beautiful um, piece of jewelry um, you know ju- just um, before we close. Um, Joshua, what, what what sort of opportunities and and positives can we take from um, from this experience for the for the industry? What do you see that the industry can really build on from this uh, from this period? So I think um, Abby, you're right about those observations. Uh, De Beers um, about pent up demand, about um, uh, about uh, people wanting to to sort of reward the, the hardships that they've been through. Um, De Beers uh, CEO Bruce Cleaver made a few interesting observations to that extent um, in a recent uh, letter, open letter. Um, he mentioned that China was also showing some sort of um, pent up demand for um, because of delayed weddings. So that's an interesting angle here. It's a number of weddings that have been delayed in recent that have been postponed in recent months um, that might, depending on circumstances, might take place maybe this summer or later in the year. Um, which will obviously lead to a certain demand for engagement and wedding jewelry. Um, also, uh, uh, De Beers mentioned uh, a, um, uh, a sense that, as you say, that, that diamonds represent certain values that, um, that maybe have been strengthened in in, the, in, uh, in recent weeks. The, um, the desire for something authentic 
Um, and uh, Bruce Cleaver made a, had a, a very nice line. He said that um, diamonds have long been a store of value, but they're becoming a store of values. So that, um, and he's, he's encouraging uh, people to, uh, to to capitalize on that. Um, and uh, that's, uh, I mean, we, we've been saying this for a long time, but that, that is an area that, um, uh, that, uh, that there's a lot of marketing potential for the diamond industry. So that's something that might come out of this. It's, it's definitely something we've seen um, in, in a, from a public relations point of view among the corporates in the industry, um, that there's been a tremendous contribution that the, that the industry has made, um, you know, be it financially or, um, or, or, or contributing to social projects in, the, in their various communities. And um, people are um, realizing that they need to um, get that word out there because consumers are increasingly looking for that authentic um, contribution to um, to society from companies and the and an expression of values. And I, I agree, it's a great line that um, that uh, that Bruce um, Bruce Cleaver came up with there. And um, and I think that's a trend that's going to that's going to continue, and that's a it's a positive that um, that uh, I would um, a positive takeaway that I've that I've um, taken from this uh, experience. As you say, it's something that was was brewing before the crisis, but it's certainly um, strengthening now, and and I think it will will continue that um, focus on values and what what um, companies and what the industry is um, doing to contribute. I, I think you make a good point that uh, there's a lot of things that were brewing in the in the industry before this. Um, the attendance, the, the people thinking, people considering um, reducing their attendance at trade shows, traveling less, either because of money or because of the environment, um, and uh, this has kind of kicked that along the path. And uh, same with on with uh, with the shift to e-commerce, and and again with this marketing line about about diamonds being a store of values. I think this is potentially force the industry to, to work harder on something that um, that they'd already been um, already been putting some effort into. Mm. Sonia, what, what is your takeaway? What what's um, what sort of positives can uh, can the industry build upon um, from this uh, experience that you see? I also think the the theme of values is uh, is major, and I see it in uh, with retailers um, in a digital campaign. So. Retailers, designers, uh, manufacturers is how do you care about your community and not just about making a hot sell, not just about uh, trying to push something in times that are difficult, but also how do you really care about what your customers need? I think there's uh, there's maybe you know the the good companies, of course, they did before the virus. They didn't need the virus, but it had to be reinforced and it had to be announced, especially because you know they're short of stuff and this and that. And um, certainly, it was really. Uh, how do you communicate, but how do you give back as well to your community? And I think that's going to to stand. You know, it could come from very small things like giving a coloring book, for example. But it's just it's just the thoughtfulness of it. It's the being more thoughtful, being more caring, being more giving. And um, and I think you know what started during this the two past months is hopefully going to to go through the year and beyond and and grow as well. So. I think there's been a lot of um, actually trying to share good feelings. I know you, you did a whole roundup, as you said, the big corporate um, gave a lot of money to different charities, and you know, but even on small levels, some people have created a, a piece of jewelry specifically to raise money for to to help people. And there's been a lot, a lot of really good things coming out of it that were not 
uh, money-driven or and just about you know feeling more caring for each other. So I hope that's this was um, that's what we we can look back you know and see actually how people companies um, did a really nice job during during this crisis and handled it very graciously as well. And it it enhances that uh, that also enhances the um, sense of community that we feel within the industry. And I think it's another thing that the the the, the industry can build uh, build on. Um, what wh- what is your perspective, John? Um, my, my feeling is that um, I mean it'll be interesting to see what sort of marketing angle um, the the big marketers in the industry take on after this crisis. But what what, what opportunities are you seeing for the industry here? Look, I, I think a big opportunity for the industry in general is that people will um, reassess. Um, their, their lives, um, reassess what's important and will look at things like jewellery, like diamonds, um, like things that um, mark an occasion, whether it's uh, a wedding anniversary or, or whatever it might be. And I think they will understand that emotional value is, is much more important um, than, you know, many other things that we just take take for granted. So, I, I think the industry has a good opportunity to really um, go from, I suppose, bounce back from this relatively quickly. I, I think the the situation will get us to reassess how we do business, and I think we'll come through it and be stronger um, this time next year. But I do think there's opportunities of how, you know, we always talk about storytelling within the industry and about explaining the wonder of the pieces of jewelry, the craftsmanship, the, the diamonds, um, the gemstones. And I think now more than ever, storytelling is important and that emotional connection is important. And I think people coming out of this uh, will really be searching for for, for meaning, uh, for value. Um, um, and I, I, I think we're ideally place to to help people with that and i think the industry needs to be communicating that and engaging uh with that message um i couldn't agree more and i I, uh, i'm looking forward to seeing um how that marketing um aspect of the industry um evolves um both from a, a messaging and storytelling point of view but also from the the amount of money that uh that is invested in marketing. I think now is is really the time to start thinking about um, how we approach and um, how we as a as a community uh, approach this uh, the idea of increasing desire for for diamonds and diamond jewelry. So we look forward to seeing that. And um, thanks very much for an interesting discussion, um, everyone. Um, I, I I'm looking forward to seeing you all again. I miss you. And uh, hopefully we'll be back in the in the office soon with um, the sufficient social distancing and um, uh, and hygiene in place. Um, so thanks, John. Um, thanks for your for for joining us today. Thanks, Avi. And Sonia, it was a pleasure as always. Thanks, Avi. Maybe we can carry on doing the Zoom meetings from our desk, from our respective desk in the office. If you want to keep this uh, social distancing going. Yeah, I've, I've always <laughs> been a proponent of social distancing. I must say, I, I kind of am enjoying doing my grocery shopping these days where there isn't the sort of a rush and uh, elbow, elbowing to get a, um, 
to to get your the product off the shelf, you know. So, so <laughs> there are some positive aspects to it, but um, we we won't take it to the extreme in the office. But we'll see how how it goes. Um, Joshua, I hope to see you soon, and thanks for joining us today. Likewise, thank you, Abby. All right, and uh, so take care, everyone, and uh, we and stay safe. God bless. <laughs>